very good afternoon. It's Niall Boyle with you for the next hour or so. Lots to get through, by the way, including... Including, including... Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, you couldn't hear me there for a second. She couldn't. Including, by the way, we do want to talk about refugees in a second. But before we do that, can I just point out, by the way, this podcast goes out every single day, Monday to Thursday. Every single day, we provide you with an opportunity to speak your mind, to have your opinion, to have your say. It's uncensored. We don't censor your view. We don't censor your opinion. We will challenge it every now and again, but we don't censor your opinion. We need your support to continue doing this on a daily basis. We need your support. The only way this can operate is with your support. Because as you know, nothing in life is free. It costs money. And I'm not suggesting we charge you money because you're watching it for free right now. And you will continue to watch it for free. We will never charge you for watching it during the day. And the reason we do that is because we want you to interact with the show. Because this is Ireland's only daily, fully interactive podcast. You can interact through Zoom. You can interact through phones. You can send us emails and WhatsApps, everything. You can interact with the show constantly all the time. You will never be ignored unless you're a head case. So (laughs) to support us, it's very easy. Please go to our website, nileboylan.com. Let us continue to provide this opportunity and this platform, which is really important every single day. You complain constantly all the time about mainstream media, what they do and what they don't. The propaganda you suggest on a regular basis that comes from our national broadcaster. Well, this is an opportunity to make this popular. Already, we're blown away by the popularity of our podcast. When we started this podcast first, we were told it would take a long time to build up a listenership. Within one week, we got roughly the target we expected to get within one year. So we were blown away with the popularity. So I thank you very much for that. But remember, all this costs money. And we're not making any money. We don't even get paid. So to help us, please go to the website. All we ask you for is the price of a pint. That's it. Once a month, give us the price of a pint. It's a fiver. If you want to pay by year, it's a little bit cheaper, by the way. You can pay annually for the whole year, which means you don't have to worry about it every month. And that's a little bit cheaper if you want to do that. You can also subscribe on Twitter, but preferably I would go to the website, do it through the website. That way you don't have to go searching to the back catalog looking for a particular video of a show that you want to see. Don't forget, you can listen to our podcasts every single day. We put them up at about 4 o'clock. They go free on all the usual platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, all the usual platforms that you listen to your podcasts on. So please support us and help us to continue to give you this platform. And today that platform is really important because, as you know, Ireland is in crisis. Not only are we in a cost-of-living crisis, not only are we in a housing crisis, But we're also in an accommodation crisis because our population has increased so much over the last year. And the reason it's increased so much is not because we're all shagging each other and having babies, because that's not the case. The Irish population has actually decreased. We're having less children. The reason is because more people are coming into the country. Many people are coming in legitimately to this country, and we should welcome diversity. Everybody should welcome diversity. We have multinational companies who are employing people on a regular basis, people coming from all parts of the world with particular skills that will help our economy going forward in future generations. We have people who come into this country on a regular basis and get the right to remain through the asylum seeker process and the refugee process who are coming from genuine war-torn countries. And we need to help those people as much as we possibly can. But on the other side of the coin, we have people coming into this country who should not be here. People coming into this country with no documentation, no passports, no nothing. We have no idea who they are. And on many occasions recently, we've seen many ended up in courts because they've committed crimes. They should not be in this country. But our government is failing and is neglecting in their duty to protect the Irish citizens. That is their job, to protect Irish citizens. 
they're failing in doing that because they're pandering to the EU. Now, of course, the latest is, <laughs> and it was confirmed the other day, that the electric picnic site in Strad Bali will be used in County Leash to accommodate 750 Ukrainian refugees in tents for six weeks. Well, will it really be Ukrainian refugees? Because that's the suggestion, isn't it? Would it really be right to be putting women and children in tents in the middle of Strad Valley, heading into the autumn where it could become cold? Okay, we're going to get two or three weeks, maybe of a bit of sunshine. That's a whole other topic about the climate change nutcases all over Twitter and Facebook yesterday, all batting down the hatches, thinking the world is going to end. It's summertime. I did hear yesterday on one weather report that um, it was uh, life-threatening weather at 20 degrees. Give me a break. 20 degrees is summertime. We get temperatures up to 33 in the middle of summer in this country, which we didn't achieve this year. Anyway, the Minister for Higher Education, Simon Harris, has said there are no easy solutions to this. I can think of a really easy solution. Stop. We don't have enough accommodation. Stop is the easy solution, but they're not going to listen. He said Ireland has got to be extraordinarily honest that there isn't a straightforward answer to the question of how those fleeing war who come to this country might be housed or accommodated for how long there might be intended accommodation or other imperfect alternatives. Imperfect, that's the understatement of the year. Now, I have to scratch my head at the word imperfect. This is beyond imperfect, surely, even inhumane for those who may be genuine to be put into a tent coming into the autumn, particularly if you have children. But I honestly don't believe for one minute that women and children will be put into those tents. We've seen pictures already at the first arrivals, allegedly, and I'll be honest with you, they don't look Ukrainian. So I'm kind of curious to see, will they be Ukrainian refugees? I want to know what you think. Simple question. And I'm looking, by the way, we did get a message in a while ago there when I was talking about it on the radio. and says, now all this talk about tents and the electric picnic. Beggars can't be choosers. If you're fleeing war, you take what you get. And I don't know if that's the answer. Is it acceptable for the Irish state to be housing human beings in tents? Let me know what you think. The number, as usual, 085 100 There's the number on the screen. 085 100 Time for you to have your say. Not me, you. That's why we want you to support us, so you can have your say. Neem, hi, how are you? Good afternoon. How are you keeping? I'm grand, Neem. Um, I'm a bit angry today, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't blame you. Um... Quite literally, it's derogatory to put anybody in a tent. Um, homeless situation is way out of control, as we all know. That's unacceptable. But they have to be passing how many countries they get here that could offer them a roof over their head. Putting women and children, they say, we all know that's not really the case. It doesn't matter who they are. They're humans. and They can't be put in tents in the bogarts of the country. Excuse the language, but that's what it is. Mm. Strabali's in the nowhere. There's nothing around for these people to do. There's not even like a, a spa shop or something they can go to. There's nothing. It's, it's like it works perfect for what it is, electric picnic, but it's not going to work for this. It's just for, totally unfit for purpose. And what do they think? What are they thinking? Like it, it could know. be snowing here next week for all we know. You know, like <laughs> this is Ireland. Yes, of course. We, four seasons here. in one week. This is Ireland. Yeah. Exactly, and it's like, is that what we're going to put out to the EU? This is what we do with refugees. But why can't we like just stop? I said it to a councillor from Fianna Fáil the other night who was pandering and pussyfooting around every question I asked him, right? 
But I said to him, yeah. why can't we just stop? Why can't we just say to the EU, we don't have any more room. We're already in crisis. We're in bits. We've nowhere for people exactly. to stay. Half yeah. the hotels in the country are held up by refugees, which is destroying the tourist industry. Why can't we just say to yeah. the EU, there's nothing more we can do. Look, no harm to them, but some other country would do a better job at looking after people for the moment. Exactly. And the, the main reason they won't do that is because they live in cuckoo land the whole lot. No, of they want a job in the No, the main reason they, they want a job in the EU next year, that's why. Well, that's, that's as well, but they, they don't see the problems down here because they live in ivory towers, as they say, with their false facades. They, they think the country's doing great because they're all going home with crazy money every week and the they, cost of living hasn't affected them slightly at all, mm. you know? So they're living in, in an ulterior world to us in reality down on the ground. We see it day in, day in and day out. And you're kind of going, this is just totally unacceptable to bring people in you, you can't even offer them a But the numbers are increasing again. We, we, there, was, there, was, yeah, there was a lull there for a couple of months where less people were coming yeah. in. But now the numbers over the last three weeks have increased again. And hundreds of people yeah. are coming in every single day. And nowhere for yeah. them to stay. And, and that's not going to be that's solved it. overnight. Look, sure, we all said they're yeah. going back about a year ago when Sinn Féin suggested they would build 120,000 social houses in the next five years. We all said that was pie in the sky because who's going to build these houses? We now have 120,000 people have come into this country, roughly, if not more, 125,000, over the last 18 months. Where are they all going to live? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Along, well, with, along with the 80-something thousand that are already on the housing list in this country. Exactly. And, like, we understand that there's they're supposed to be all your refugees from Ukraine, but nobody should be, it doesn't matter, nobody should be entering this country without some form of ID. I mean, I don't know, and maybe, you know... You can't get into but, but, but Hang on, maybe I'll be shot down for saying this, right? But Ukraine yeah. is a massive country, right? It's as big as France. Yeah. And, okay, yeah. there are parts of her are at war. I suppose the analogy we could use during the Troubles here in Ireland, Northern Ireland, there was bombs going off on a regular basis. But down here in the South, yeah. we were pretty safe apart from the odd bomb every now and again, right? And But no yeah. one kind of left Ireland and said, oh, Ireland is at war, I'm getting out of here. Now, I don't want to sound bad, but Ukraine is a huge country. You can still book a holiday to the Ukraine. I've seen people enjoying themselves. Most of the Ukraine, 80% yeah. of it, life is going on as normal. Why can't yeah. Europe fund Ukraine to relocate people in the country? Because it's pretty clear that Putin is not interested in the rest of the country. If he was, he would have done it by now. He's only interested exactly. in the certain in the regions that he wants. So why why yeah. not just accommodate them in other parts of the country? I un, I don't understand yeah. this. Maybe if somebody from Ukraine is listening, they can come on to me. Now I understand if you have a wife and you have a family and your country is at war that you might want to get out because you're frightened. And I and, and I get that, but but I I just mm. when I see other images of life going on as normal in most cities in the Ukraine in Ukraine, I kind of think to myself, well maybe it, this is not necessary. Maybe there's another way out of this or around this. There has to be. Like, imagine travelling to a, a country that you don't speak the language in to live in a tent. To live in, in a the tent. middle of a field. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah. Like, um, mm. What? No, I think you have a better odds of a quality of life at home. Somewhere else in the country, yeah, fair enough. It's not ideal, but again, it's only temporary. But this is certainly, well, well, live, well, being in Strad Valley in the electric picnic is, uh, location is not ideal either. So you think, anyway, it's hum inhumane, and, and your solution is... Stop letting people in, end of. A hundred percent. We've enough and we can't even cater for what we have. And let's, let's fix that problem before you add, keep adding to it. It's like the bucket of water spilling over. Yeah. You turn the tap off. You don't keep the tap and turn it on further. Yeah, keep putting a plaster on the hole all the time and hoping, hoping it'll yeah, go away. Exactly. 
Uh, we'll stay there because, Morris, hi, how are you doing? Afternoon, Noah, how are you? Uh, Morris, I've been listening to Neem. He's a rocker sense. Uh, I think everybody's probably going to say pretty much the same thing here today because I, I get the impression people are frustrated that the government are just not listening anymore. True, and I listened to you when you were talking there at the start of the show and I could hear your anger. And I closed my eyes and I said, I can see this fella sitting in the doll giving a speech like this. My God, you're getting more like a TD every day. <laughs> because when you're angry, you talk well, the you, truth. But, but you know, That's here's something saying. else, just completely off the topic. I saw a headline yeah. in the paper this morning that Electric Ireland, or whichever one of them it is, I don't know, are reducing yeah. their prices in November for the month of November, blah, 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 right? And I said, you know, yeah. people are going to look at that and it's kind of like, I think they're giving a discount or whatever it is. And they're going to go, oh, that's great. But there's nothing great about mm. it. They've been ripping you off for two years. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. But, but it's like when you yeah, go to the forecourt. Yeah, it's like when you go to the forecourt and put yeah. you, put the nozzle in your car, you look at the price and you go, oh, it's only 160 today and it puts a bit of a smile on your face. It shouldn't even be 160. I, We're being robbed I in know. this country. And you know what I like? I go to the garage that's the cheapest. That's the gold garage, the automatic one, and they're a lot cheaper than the commercial garages that we go to. And I get a receipt print every time. And it tells me what they charge and it tells me over the 30 quid I put in. Seven quid go to the government on VAT. So they've already taxed me on my wages. And then they're taxing me again on the money that I'm spending. Well, like every time somebody puts 100 quid of diesel in the car, the government gets 57. Yeah. That's no. horrendous. That's a, so they're robbing us left, right and centre. But anyway, no. I'll get yeah, so back just to for those who want, who want to know that, yeah, it's 1.1 million people will be affected by the Electric Ireland customers' benefit from 10% electricity and 12% gas price reduction. Yeah. I mean, big deal, 10%. It's gone up at least 40% in the last two years. So. Yeah, I heard one 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 gas was gone up one hundred and thirteen percent, and electricity was seventy oh, percent. So all they're doing is fishing for customers because the year is over. But Ireland's turning into yeah. a kip. Sorry, go and on, you were worried on, over you were worried over me. Now I was saying I want to get out. Now you know why. Yeah, go on, Marius. Anyway, right. back back but to like the tents. Back to the tents. Yeah, I think. Look, I saw two videos recently. One was life going on as normal in Kiev. It was like looking at somewhere in Mallorca. Okay, swimming pools, kids running around. In the sun, playing bikinis, drinks on the tables everywhere. Yeah, I wouldn't, I would, don't no, get me wrong. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to be living in a country at war either. You know. No. Well, there you go. Then I saw the second video, and I saw a market that was hit by a missile. Seventeen people killed and thirty injured up near Donetsk, right? Yeah. And like you said, the war—it's a big country. Mm -hmm. The reason I think people are going to Strad Valley, and I don't know if it's right or wrong. There's Ukrainian people coming out with student accommodation because the students are coming back. And I've been told that they're the people that are getting put there temporarily. Also, there's 24,000 Ukrainians in hotel accommodation in the Republic of Ireland. So we're really stretched to the limit. But I, I, I'll be honest I'm, with I'm you. I'll point out, Morris, as well. There's another two or 300 every single day arriving in the country. And what's going around now and on social media is, unfortunately, is the Ukrainians that uh, ran across the border into Poland are not getting looked after as well when they hear about how people are getting looked after in Ireland. So they're coming to Ireland via Poland. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know that. So happened. there you go. Yeah. So it's a, it's a vicious circle. But what I'd say to you is, you know, everybody has their limits. Every country has its limits, and we're probably the smallest country apart from Luxembourg that's in the EU. And we've always shown the hand of friendship and the hand of help because we know what it's like to be have somebody have their boot on your neck. And Ukraine has Russians' boot on its neck. And who suffers the most? The children. There's 17 people dead in Donetsk today that would gladly stay in a hell in, a tent in Strad Valley. And one of the things that's annoying me is people getting upset about people being living in tents and humane. 
traveller, Irish traveller people have been living in tents for hundreds of years by the side of the road. Did we care about them? No. They picked themselves up and got into mobile homes and now they have tents. You know? There you go. Sorry, what name are you trying to say there? Sorry. Sorry. sorry, yeah, no, I agree, I agree with your man is saying, but it's, it's he's kind of going off on a tangent about the ESV and the gas or whatever, but that's not going to make any difference to... No, I think, but it all adds to people's anger, I think. It's all tied in. To the problem now at this stage, you know, um, but like, like going forward, we need to get a plan together to run this country because the clowns that are in there aren't doing a job on it. You know, the wrong people are running the country. We never asked for this. But, but, but hold on, but who are but who are the right people? Because every single one of these clowns, including Sinn Fein, who are the quietest um, party that I've ever Opposition. seen in the history of the state, yeah. there hasn't been a squeak the out of them. Yeah. Now I, I yeah. do yeah. understand. Now I do understand. To be fair, Mary Lou has been in hospital and she's been unwell, and or she's had surgery or yeah. something like that. So I do, but that that doesn't account for the last year and a half. By the way, that only accounts for the no, last. Well, listen, Noel. But, but here, the, the, the worst opposition party in history, right? But yeah, people think they're great. But it doesn't make any difference. They're all a cheek of the same arse anyway. It makes no difference. They're doing exactly the yeah. same thing and saying exactly the same thing. So, Morris, when you say we need a political change, you know, in relation yeah. to, say, this issue and refugees and asylum seekers and, you know, capping numbers, none of them are going to do it. So no matter who you vote for next year in an election, if next year is the election time, which it should be by the end of next year, it makes yeah. no difference. It'll make no difference whatsoever. But, the only thing yeah. I don't agree with is, I understand about you saying Sinn Féin are quiet. We don't need another mouthpiece in the doll. We're sick of listening to the three parties that are running the country. We have two sworn enemies, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, right? Sworn enemies running this country. I'd never go to... The liars. With this they're, 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 they're absolute liars. I mean, you know, Michal Martin sat on television, RTE or TV3, and said he would never, before the election, said he would never exactly. go into power of Fianna Gael. He did. And look at them now. They're licking each other's boots in there. And who's suffering? The people of Ireland. And, and you know what the next government is going to be? Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin. Right? That's going to be the next government. And what I tell you is, the, the Fianna, Sinn Féin might be quiet, but they're doing the work in the communities. And that's where it counts. Ah, they don't be out melting off all the time. Ah, we just have no, no faith in them at all. No faith in them at all. They, well, they, they, I, see the ground, I see the work no, they, they do they, on they, the ground. They've turned their back on every single policy they had from years ago. They've turned their back. And now, don't get me wrong, I didn't agree with all the policies years ago, but for those who support no. them, they've turned their back on them. I've seen the work they're doing on the communities in Dublin and around the country, and they don't put up their hand and go, oh, look at me, look what I'm doing, but everybody else jumps on the photo opportunity. Okay, but they don't. Getting back to the right. getting back to the tents, Morris. We are where we are. Yeah. You know, there's 125,000 people yeah. that have arrived in the country in 18 months. Is tents, no matter what you think of refugees, is that an inhumane thing to do to people? No, it's not because they'd rather be alive in the tent, living in Ireland, rather than being a statistic of a missile attack by Russia and be blown to bits and be gone off this earth. But, at least but, but I'm, looking, I'm looking at live cams of Ukraine as yeah. I speak all over Ukraine on YouTube. Here, there's like yeah. Life is going on pretty much as normal. Again, I point out yeah. to you, Russia is not interested in the whole of Ukraine. It's only interested in those particular regions. We know that. Yeah. So, yeah. What, but that seems to be the case anyway. And I know people I will say once they get them, they'll go for more. I don't believe they will. Anyway, but so, I mean, Ukraine is a huge country. So maybe we should be doing yeah. more to help support relocate people within the country because... That would be a better option, I'm assuming, for people who are Ukrainian to be in their homeland. True. And all I'd say to you is you have to learn by what went on in the past. Saddam Hussein went in and destroyed Kuwait and he had a war going with Iraq for many, many years. If you allow a dictator like him and to do what Hitler done 100 years later, 
who are we to be standing up for democracy and peace on earth? Who are we? If we don't stand up to the boy who has his boot on your neck and says, I'll tell you when to breathe, I'll tell you when to eat, and I'll tell you when to sit down and stay quiet. If you want to go down that road, let him away with it. If he's going to take now, he'll take again and again and again. And the Polish people are training their reserves because they say if he gets Ukraine, who's going to stop him coming after us? Well, stay there a second. Let me go to Maureen. Maureen, hi, yeah, how are you? Maureen. Hello, Maureen. Mm. We've lost Maureen. I'll try and get her back there. Maureen, I'll try to switch. Hello. Out. Yeah, you're there, Maureen. Can you hear me? Yes, I am. Yeah, I can. Yeah, okay. So, Maureen, in relation to this situation, is it inhumane to put people in tents? No. It's not? Because No, it's not. Because I tell you, my, if you look at the Geneva Convention, all a refugee is entitled to is shelter, food and water. And if that be a tent, then that's what it is. But people very, very quickly forget when Northern Ireland was being blown to bits. I remember, I remember watching on television, especially the Catholics. They were leaving their homes with horses and carts and the bits and pieces of furniture that they could take with them. And they crossed the border down here into the south. And they were derided and many of the Irish person didn't want them here. They were intense. And as you said, it's only Eastern Ukraine is at war, not Western Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that Putin has done it is because since 2014, after the coup, Zelensky went in there. He murdered thousands of Russians in the Donbass region. Those Russian people who had been crying for Putin to do something. So most of those Ukrainians could have gone into Western it, it's Ukraine. A, for people who don't understand the politics and the history of it, it's very similar to the situation between Ireland and Britain, by the way. Um, it is, but yeah. you never heard of Ireland, was it? Why you heard of Northern Ireland? Mm. But we're hearing Ukraine, and that's deliberately being put out of the whole of Ukraine. But I tell you something, I I bet my pittance I get every week that there's no Ukrainians into those tents because from what I'm seeing and everybody else is seeing, we've eyes in our head. All these busloads of people coming into this country, being bussed here, there, and everywhere, into buildings, into places, are not Ukrainian. They are single men from Africa and Asia and uh, Georgia, Albania, wherever the hell they're coming from. There are no Ukrainian families getting off buses. Well, there are Ukrainians coming into the country, clearly. There's 85,000 of them so far. I doubt it. And there's there's over 25,000 people seeking international protection, asylum seekers from other parts of non-EU countries. But, but, But I am going to agree with you because I tell you why, to some extent. I was in a hotel there going back about a year ago when it all started first. And they had decided they were going to put people in hotels. And I was talking to the manager of the hotel, and he was saying, oh, we received our first Ukrainians today. And I'm looking around, and I said, oh, where? I was just curious. I said, where are they? He said, that's them over there. I said, where? And he said, just there. I said, they're not Ukrainians. Yeah. And he said, oh, no, they are. They said they were studying in Ukraine when the war broke out. And I said, give me a break. I said, yeah. <laughs> they're not Ukrainians. Of course. So there, was a, there is a scam going on that people can claim they're Ukrainian or they were studying in Ukraine when, when the war broke out. And that is happening. But, it, but it's not wholesale. What I'm saying is the majority of people who say they're Ukrainian are Ukrainian. Well, the, the Ukrainians that are here, the ones I've seen are Ukrainians because we have a hotel in this town here. It's been closed for three years. Yeah. But yet they have the audacity to put up, up on their door. Uh, oh, we look forward to welcoming you in the future. You know, the, the local people that kept the hotel going. Well, you know, they can do that hotel. They can shove it up there. Just shove it up their arse. Well, well I mean, if I, if I had a small hotel that was struggling, you know, particularly after COVID, 
And the government was offering me 250 quid a room, guaranteed every night for, it seems, an indefinite period. I'd probably take it. Uh, well, you see, that's... A, but again, you see, that's what's happened now. But I mean, would, would, you not, would you not accept that, Maureen? No, oh, no, oh, no. What I call them is what I call those people who did that. They took the soup. Yeah, no, I know. But but if you were in that situation, that was your business, and it was struggling, you were barely making ends meet, and the government said, I'll take all the rooms and I'll give you 250 a night for them. Surely you'd no, just say, I okay. I would not do it. I would keep it open as best I could. So you wouldn't sell your soul for 50 pieces of silver, is what you're telling me? No. For, no, not for 30 pieces of silver, no. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't take the soup. Well, not at all. Well, well, 40% of the hotels in Ireland did take the soup. I know they did. Yeah. And that's going to be their downfall eventually. But getting back because to many people, well, when get, they well, well, let, let's take it. Well, let's take it as you know fact that they are going to put Ukrainian people into the seven hundred and fifty tents, uh, or seven hundred and fifty people into those tents. I am assuming the two man tents is the most you can put into those people, those tents. Um, do you think that's acceptable? It is acceptable now. Like I said, it's in the Geneva Convention. Forget about the Geneva. I know the Red Cross do it. No, all the time. you can't forget about the Geneva Convention because that's what it is. But it's the, like the EU and the UN and all the rest of them are forgetting about all these things. And the crowd up here in Dublin, the traitors, the snakes who are hissing around that snake pit, they are just bonged down and doing what their masters tell them because this is all part of a master plan anyway, the invasion of Europe. We know that. We're not stupid. I mean, Neem, just come back to Neem. Neem, you listen to Maureen. She said, that's it. You know what I mean? You, you go to a country, you have nowhere to live. The Geneva Convention says the minimum we must require or provide is a, you know, a tent or a roof over their head, which is a tent. And she thinks that's perfectly acceptable. Well, she might, but I don't, personally. And you, you, when was that convention fucking issued, like... Well, Nineteen, well, I think I think it was I think it was done for well, I suppose situations like Syria and all those places where the Red Cross would intervene and provide tents. Exactly. Yeah. It's like they'd have the weather facilities and whatever else. They, like you, you know yourself. We've all gone camping and yeah, yeah. Like the idea of going. Let's, would you go camping in in, in um, say Corstown in December? You wouldn't. Yours, Barney. You know what I mean. So, but. These people, you have to respect the other thing as well, right? These people are coming from a fairly warm climate. So the idea of sitting or trying to sleep somewhere at minus four or minus three or if four. It, if it goes on for a few months, yeah. If it goes on for a few months. Like, it's, and it's relentless here. And it's, you, we all say the same thing when you go away. It's a different type of weather. It's a different type of heat. It's a different type of cold. The cold in Ireland is damp. You know, these people wouldn't be used to this. And I just find that completely unacceptable. And I'm not being a do Which people here. wouldn't be used to it? Which people wouldn't be used to the cold weather? The people Ukrainians? Uh, well, they're not Ukrainians. We all know they're not Ukrainians. Would you stop? That's what I just <laughs> said. You I just said you were on about Ukrainians. In. But most of Ukraine would, would have a severe, severe summer. They would, yeah. Like they way, would. way more than us. You know what I mean? They Not all Russia is snowed under all the time. Do you know what I mean? But they wouldn't be used to living in tents. If you were out in the Middle East, like we we're like Noah was saying, or out in the Middle East or out there, tents out there, it doesn't get cold. So a tent is fine. Oh, in the Middle the East, don't need to get very cold. I, I mean, I mean very well, hang on, Maureen. You know, the Geneva Convention hasn't been updated since 1977. So it is a, a document of its time. 
Now, we have to accept that we live in a different world now. You know, that might have been acceptable in 1977, and that was more to do with wars that were happening in the Middle East where the Red Cross were intervening. Either convention, um, either now, it's every other human rights document, because I've read a lot of them. No, I know, but I'm just just saying that that section hasn't been updated since 1977. And there's no need to update it. All the other human rights documents say the same thing. But we learn, as we move on in time, we learn that certain things for human beings are not acceptable. We evolve, we get educated. Well, put yeah, it that way, exactly. it's not acceptable for Irish people on the streets, hail, rain and snow during the winter, frozen, half of some of them frozen to death. Almost. No, I, now, hold on, to be abundantly clear here, right, we have 1,200 people in this country who are homeless, inverted commas. They're not homeless. They have a roof over their head. They're living in a hotel or they're living in an accommodation somewhere, in a B&B or whatever it is. The people you're Some referring... No, well, hang on. The people you're referring to on the street before this happens, right? This can go back 18 months, right? When we had a homeless crisis. The people that you're referring to on the streets, the 160 that might be in Dublin, the 100 that might be in Cork, the, the, the 70 people in Galway or Limerick or whatever it happens to be, right? Those people on the streets, many of those people, almost all of those people have a social issue. They either have alcoholism, drugs, they have other issues. Everybody is entitled yeah. to the same help. There are very few people dying on the streets in this country homeless. Well, certainly up to recently anyway. Very few people are dying on the streets homeless. And if they are, you know, unfortunately, it's because they have their own social issues. So I, I think... Maureen, they shouldn't be homeless. So we, don't, hang on. We, we don't give people tents, generally speaking, in this country. We don't do that. That's not something we do. We would find hotel accommodation, B&B for the night, a hostel, worst case scenario, or we put them in a hotel until we find yeah. accommodation. Oh, yeah. but, but, but hold on, hold on a second. Look at all the modular homes that were built for these Ukrainians. Look at all the buildings that are being, that are being opened up to house all these illegal men coming in here. Why wasn't any of that ever done for the Irish homeless when the homeless crisis was beginning to escalate? Were they, were, were they that stupid? That they couldn't go no. through that, but now we've all these beautiful homes, no. modular homes. And, and why can't they do that for an Irish family? But all of a sudden, it, they're building all over the place. government policy to do that. If that's the government policy not to do anything We know it's a government policy. But, but I, I, no, when I, to be fair, Neem, I do get what, you, what you're saying. Those modular homes are gorgeous, by the way, can I just point out. I mean, yeah. we've had a housing crisis in this country since 2009. So why didn't the government, well, actually, probably longer, if you threw me down. Why didn't the government build modular homes for Irish people? Why suddenly was there an emergency as soon as Ukrainians came to Ireland? Let's suddenly get these all built for no. Ukrainian people. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. No, I know. I, 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 do, I do have to agree. Okay, but hang on. Let me just go to Dave. Stay there, Maureen. Let me go to Dave as well. Dave, hi. How are you? Well, what's the crack? What's the crack? Dave, is it inhumane? Uh, one second here. No. Just have to give me the coverage. Yeah. Just, uh, just put him in another me? room and give him a toy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know he's actually he's, he's eating his lunch now at the moment so good man that's all good. Uh, uh, is it inhumane in Maureen, Maureen thinks it's not inhumane that's just life you know beggars can't be choosers so to speak you're coming from a war what do you expect yeah can I can I just use one swear word if, use, if okay. use as many as you want okay yeah whoever came up with this idea is a fucking moron to be honest with you like, the, ten, the tent I mean, idea yeah the, the tent idea. I mean, look, we've all like I love going camping, right? But after three days, I'm had to get home to sleep in a normal bed and have a shower. Yeah, well, my yeah, going yeah. going to the electric picnic and staying in the tent for two days is my idea. Hell, but however, yeah, go on. Yeah, but to be fair, you're staying in the electric picnic for a few days. You're going to be fairly, you you know, you're you're going to be like drunk or Mom. you know, 
you're, you're going to be they're <laughs> going to be hands. partying for the weekend you know what I mean yes. yeah so you don't really give two shits about whether or not you smell you know what I mean yeah. but like well like what kind of tents are they going to use? Are they going to be two-person tents, three-person tents, big dome tents? What about people who have babies? You know, and under the assumption it's just going to be Ukrainians. Like, whoever come up... I mean, logistically, how are they going to do this? Are they going to put down port-a-loose? Are they going well, to... Well, they are, yeah. They, port, there is port-a-loose and there's a catering company on site. Oh, Jesus Christ almighty. This really is an Irish solution to an Irish problem, like, isn't it? Instead of just saying, like, right, lads, look, we're going to put a cap on this for a while. We're like, no, 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 we'll stick them in tents in September and October and November and December. Like, this isn't just going to be, they're going to be in a tent for a little while and then they're going to be fine. This is going to become an ongoing thing. And I can guarantee I, four or five months down the line, they're probably going to say, do you know what, we're going to put more tents in another field. More well, well, they did already field. try to do that. They approached the ploughing championship and asked them, could they use their land too? And they said, well, no, you can't because we're going to be using it for, no, for they, agriculture. Yeah, and they're going to be using it for the ploughing championships, which is something that we need for our own economy, like. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, no, it is. It's ridiculous. And it is. It is inhumane. It is. It's, it's, and like, I, regardless of what people might say, like, you know, beggars can't be choosers or, you know, you're, you're only entitled to our state. We're one of the richest nations in the world and we're saying, right, come to Ireland and speak to well, now, let, let's not, now, hang on. Let's not completely exaggerate when you say we're one of the richest nations in the world. Our head of population, our GDPR is good. But we're not one of the richest nations yeah, in the well, world. We don't have an endless pot of money. Well, no, we don't have an endless pot of money. Sorry, well, GDP per capita. Yes, yeah. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll oh, say, GDP, you know, we, we are one of the richest. GDPR, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, GDPR per capita. <laughs> but no, but, 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 but genuinely, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if they said they're going to buy up a load of mobile homes and put them on the site, that would make some sort of sense, at least. But, like, you're sticking people in tents. And one of the... the well, Maureen says, ten, Maureen says tents are good enough because the Geneva Convention says that le the least you must provide yeah. is tents to food yeah, and water. But yeah, but you see, now, these may, probably won't be just your ordinary tents. Mm. These could be... They could be maybe, like, marquee tents or, you know, the ones that can be heated in that. I mean, they're not just going to be putting up ordinary tents there. Ah, come on. Do you really believe that? The the Irish government are gonna like they're gonna put people in, in the nice tents. They could be so, I, tents. I wouldn't be I, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if they took the tents that like people left at the electric picnic and said, Sure, look, we'll use some of these again. I think that's you know? No, they won't. They could be I army tents as well. I think but they are using the tents that they rented out to people during the electric picnic. It's the same tents. But like I can't believe that they're they're actually doing this. I mean, like it's look, it's it's kind of an open secret that like, you know, the the guys in power want to look good to our European overlords. So when they finally get turfed out of office, they get a job in Europe. A nice yeah. Cushy, yeah, a nice cushy job like in Europe. Like Pascal did. Not, yeah, well, there you go. You know what I mean? But is this not shooting themselves in the foot like? Do you know? I mean, this isn't good publicity for Ireland as a nation. You know, and like, to be fair, as the well, country... When you say it's not good so, publicity for Ireland, I do agree with Maureen. There's no room at the inn. You know what I mean? Like mm. we're done, we're finished. We don't have any more accommodation. We have nowhere to. We've used every spare building in the country at this stage. You know what I mean? We've used forty yeah, percent no, of our hotels. Our tourism industry is decimated by this. You've got oh, restaurants and bars here. all over little towns in Ireland crying because they can't get business because the local hotel is full of refugees. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, we've also the Ukrainians now. We've also Ukrainians now as well complaining about paying for the food. <laughs> Oh, well, I, now, I, now, in fairness, I did hear that individual whining on the radio you know about the, the, food, the quality of the food in the hotel. I said, get over yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you, you yeah no, come here, listen. I, yeah, sorry, go ahead, Dave. No, listen, listen, I agree. I mean, the only time I was able to get away in the summer with two boys was uh, a travel lodge for two nights, which was 400 euro. And 
if it was any more basic, our mattresses would have been on the floor. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we couldn't afford to go anywhere. But that's else the, well, that's part of the problem for Ireland now. A travel lodge this no, time two years ago would have cost you sixty quid. Yes, that's what I mean. Like, you know, and like I, I agree wholeheartedly. We we need to stop bringing people in until we get our own immigration uh, stuff sorted out. I mean, not so long ago, I remember reading in the paper they were saying. 5,000 people in direct provision. This is the worst thing that's ever happened in Ireland. Now, now we have 25,000 in direct provision. Yeah, we've got, <laughs> we've got orders of magnitude beyond that. Like, do you know what I mean? There's, there's enough people working in the civil service. Like, they, they can start... But when, when are we... Here's like, another question, right? Here's another good question. In the UK, what they said was, yes, we will take in Ukrainian refugees... For six months, we will provide, we will support, we will accommodate. But after that, they're on their own. Like every other English citizen, if they're out of work, they get social welfare or they get a job and provide their own accommodation, right? That's basically what they're doing in the UK when it comes to Ukrainians, right? So, because they know this war could go on for years. At what point mm. are we going to say that? I mean, no harm to the people from Ukraine who are here. And, you know, I don't, feel, I don't want to feel bad saying this. But at some point, they, there has to be a decision made. If they're staying here, you've got to get a job. Now, some may have got jobs already, can I point out? But I'm yeah, just well, saying no, that, that you got you got to get a job. We can't keep supporting you. No, and look, to be fair, that's that's only fair. I mean, they're they're like they're coming into the country. They're being handed a PPS number and a medical card. You, you know what I mean? And, and just like, be treated like everybody yeah. else. Yeah, and like there's, there's a lot of people out there at the moment who can't get medical cards themselves. But why why are they getting a medical card? Why are they getting a medical because, card? Because because again, no, because like, I understand that for the first three months or something. Yeah. No, but because the guys at the top want to look like they're doing everything they can and they want to look like, oh, look at Ireland, we're a great little country and we can take everything. I'm living here 60 can... years, I don't have a medical card. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come here, listen, listen my, my missus only got her medical card a month before she passed away and she'd been applied for it for six months. Do you know what I mean? And like, I don't blame people from Ukraine, okay? I don't. I blame the state. I blame the system. Oh, no, I've said, this. I've said this a million times. I don't yeah, blame any refugees really, okay. or asylum seekers for any of this. I blame yeah, the but state. Un- but unfor- yeah, but unfortunately, human beings en masse, when we get together, we, we can't see past our nose. And they're the ones that are going to, you know, um, get the brunt of everybody's ire. You know what I mean? They're going to be treated like pariahs. They're going to be treated like shit while they're here. And it's not their fault. You know what I mean? They're, a lot of them are fleeing war for genuine reasons. I don't hold that against them. It's the guys at the top. But the problem is, there's like there's no mechanism for us. There's like this gap between like your normal average everyday Joe Soap and a guy who's in power, and there's this big vacuum between us. And there's no way for us to effectively uh, say change the system or change anything unless there's a general election. And then when there's a general election, we're like, right, which shower bastards are going to shaft us the least over the next four years? That's- They're all going to shaft us. Well, hang on for a second. Let me just go to James. Stay there, Dave. James, hi. How are you? Afternoon to Niall. Uh, James, you know, 750 people in tents. Now, that's only the start of it, by the way. They, they were looking for more fields. So, I mean, realistically, is this inhumane? Well, Niall, look, um, people seem, as you have mentioned, or someone has mentioned that, like, it's not going to be, t- you know, two-man tents that, you know, people are going to be sleeping on top of each other. I'd say the vast majority of these tents will be military-style ones, like the ones you had in Gormanstown there last year. You know, these tents, Niall, both have air conditioning and heating. Like, so... It's not ideal, but, you know, you know they're not going to be sleeping in a two-man tent, you know, with the wind blowing the, the top off it all the time. So, like, the, the simple fact that this, and, you know, if they're supposedly running from war, you know, anything like this would be fantastic. Free medical care, a roof over your head, welfare money, you know, and then a chance at a better life. Because these, these people here, Niall, the vast, vast majority of these people here, they're not refugees, Niall. They're economic migrants. 
They're looking at a better life. Because I can guarantee you this. Why is Ireland the end stop? Why is everybody coming here? Why aren't he stopping in other countries? Because well, well, well I had I, I, I had an Afghani man on the radio the other night. He, his name is Ayub. And he told me, and he was very honest, he came from Afghanistan, so I don't doubt for a minute he came from a war, you know, from a war-torn country or his life was in danger. So I think he was a genuine asylum seeker, right? But he had been to 16 countries before he came to Ireland. He spent yeah. four months in 16 countries. And I said, why yeah. did you decide? He's two years now in Ireland. I said, why did you decide to stay in Ireland? He said, because it's better social welfare, accommodation. Um, he said, in other countries, I was sleeping on the streets. He said, I was in France, I was in Germany, Italy. And he said, I ended up sleeping on the streets. He said, they wouldn't provide accommodation. Yeah. So they're coming to exactly. Ireland because we will bend over backwards to provide as much as we possibly can. That's why they're yeah. coming to Ireland. See, at the moment, Niall, see, it's, at the moment, it's okay, and it's okay for us to be able to do this. Because as, as you keep mentioning, where the, the richest people, some of the richest people in, in you know, with GDP, some of the wealthiest people in Europe. We're also one of the most indebted countries in Europe. You remember, we owe 250 billion to somebody. I don't know who we owe it to, but we owe it to somebody and then add another 50 billion on top. See, people think the Irish people but, but, per head of capita. But, well, but, yeah, but, but can I go back to what I said? I'll say this about yourself and Dave. Dave, you know, Ukraine is a, a large country and I know some people might not agree with me and that's fine. They don't have to agree with me. It's a very big country. It's as big as France. There's 43 million people living in Ukraine. Eight million of those people have left the country. Now, as we all know, there are only certain regions that are being invaded. I don't believe that Putin wants the whole country. I only believe he wants certain regions. And I think everybody, I think that's well established at this stage. So why aren't we and other countries around the EU helping the Ukraine or providing for the Ukraine to relocate people, to build accommodation, build housing in those other regions across Ukraine where life seems to be going on as normal? I don't know. That's the million-dollar question, really, isn't it? Like, I mean, like if you compare the size of the country that's in conflict compared to the size of the country that isn't in conflict, I mean, you know, it's it's vastly bigger. I I really don't know. I don't think anybody knows why. I mean, would you not prefer to stay in your own country with your own people and your own culture as opposed to go to a nation where you're basically left in limbo? You know what I mean? And then because you're dumped into a place like, I mean. Take rural Ireland, for example, right? There aren't enough GPs. There aren't enough school places. I, you know, like I had to put my uncle's name down for school, like the second he was born, just to guarantee him a place. Years ago, it wasn't like that. And now you're dumping loads of people in on top of that. So I don't know why would you want to come to a situation like that when you can stay in your own country. I, I really don't. And I, I, I mean, don't we, 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 I'm and I meant to go back to employment again. You know, they've actually, John McKeown, said the previous highest number of PPS uh, and numbers issued over the last decade was 180,000 uh, numbers. A third of the people from Ukraine seemingly have sought employment uh, since they came here. A third. So that means the 66% unemployment amongst of working age, it says of working age Ukrainian people living in Ireland. When you think about the unemployment look, rate, the unemployment rate is only 5%. So why are the rest look, of them not getting jobs? I, I don't know. I like, Look, there's a hotel just down the road for me. Um, your man wasn't doing great, so he obviously jumps at the chance to, to fill it up with Ukrainians so he gets a few pounds off the government. And a lot of them are just, they just hang around. They just walk around the village. They, they're, but they don't, but they don't have to stay. Here's the thing. There's no obligation to stay in that hotel the government have provided you with. You know, you can go out, you can get a job, you can start to provide, you know, you can get your own accommodation. You know, do you understand what I'm saying? There's no yeah. obligation to keep living yeah, like no, this. Yeah, agreed. And, and look, let's be honest. I mean, if you're on the, the, just the most basic social welfare payment, 
it's not going to afford you, you know, it was maybe the standard of living you had when you were at home either. Like, you know, I mean, James, sorry, as a taxi driver, and I'm sure many taxi drivers can tell me a million stories about, you know, the accommodation support services we're providing for refugees in Ireland. Do you get many refugees? Are, are you sent, are you, I don't know, James, whether you have an account or a contract with the Department of Social Protection or the HSE, you know, to pick up people and bring them from here, there and everywhere. Is that happening much? Uh, not as much now as it used to now, but I have had situations where, you know, we have collected people from Dublin Airport and who have, this is actually before the war kicked off, who would arrive in Dublin and would say the magic words at the Dublin Airport, I want to claim asylum, and then would be put into the system. And that's when they, they'd end up in direct provision. Now, I remember, and the reason why I mentioned the army camp in Gormanstown, um, haven't been in the place loads of times, but... Um, I saw the 10 star last year because I actually brought people up. The company I work with, we actually have one of the one of our accounts is with the Department of Social Protection. So we actually, I actually brought um, two women out there. And when they arrived out there, they were a bit stunned. And they're looking at me. And they, the words out of the mouth were, um, where is hotel? I went, no hotel, love. Uh, tent. We told hotel. I said, no, um, this is where I've been... So, and then I said to myself, you know, have I got this wrong? Have I brought them to the wrong place? I checked my job details. No, Gormanstown Army Camp, go and see whoever. I arrived at the entrance to the place. As I said, I know the place. Went in, found the place, and off the air went to their tents. And as I said, the tents were, they had six bunks inside. This is during the summer last year, so they would have an air conditioning on. But then tents are, you know, as I said, no, they're not roughing it. They're not ideal. They're not roughing it, but... You know, you and, have, and are you uh, sure these are the tents that are being provided in Strad Valley? Because that doesn't seem to be the indication over the last few days. No, it's the army who's doing it, Noel. The army, mo- most of the stuff that's been done, Noel, has been done, the logistics, 95% of it has been done by the Defence Forces. And, you know, so there will be army, there will be them tents. There's hundreds of them tents and storage, Noel, that have been shipped back from overseas. So Yeah, no, I'm, I know, I'm, lo- I'm, looking at a pic- I'm looking at a picture. I'll try and throw it up on the screen there now. I'm looking at a picture of the, yeah. the, the tents that you're referring to. But the thing about it, Noel, is you had, you had a, a senator on last week who actually said to you, I mean, been over to Ukraine, that 90% of the country is safe. Yeah. That there's a curfew at 10 o'clock in Kiev at night because of the air red sirens. Well, he, even his own words, where 90% of the country is safe. Okay, well, well, okay well, well, hang on a second. Um, I just want to go to Joe. Joe, hi. I'm Bernie, I'll be with you in a second. Joe, hi. Oh, hang on, I lost Joe there. No, he's back. There you go. Joe, are you there? I am. I am indeed, Niall. How are you doing? Good, Joe. Is it inhumane to put people into tents? Well, look, Niall, if the government stopped doing the virtual signaling and stopped playing to the European gallery... We wouldn't be in the mess we're in today. And the problem is, you see, is, right? Now, in, in relation to inhumane, it isn't, well, look, it, I, nobody should be intense. It doesn't matter who they are, whether they're Irish or whatever. Um, the problem is, we're playing to the gallery of European conglomerates. And the reason this is going on is because the government are just, uh, don't give two hoots about what, about what anyone says. If you say anything, you're going to be classed as racist anyway. And the problem is that the government have lost control of it. Um, we're in a mess now, which we can't get out of. And I don't think this thing is going to be ever sorted. I think it's going to get worse as the years go on. It's, um, well, it's many people are predicting World War Three, by the way, by the end of the year. But that's a whole other argument. Well, well, the prediction with North Korea, no, that could happen. But look, that's another story. But, but then again... Nobody knows what the future is holding. But it, I, I don't agree with people. Like, nobody should be. I don't agree with people being intense. But as your other callers there made some good points, um, 
a lot of these tents they're probably going to use anyway are going to be fairly well top of the range tents. They're not going to be tents where the, the rain is going to go through them, like, you know? No. Well, now, well, now, James mentioned they'd be military-style tents. Yeah. I would presume so, yeah. Yeah, I like, they're not, it's not going to be like something... Say, no, yeah, it's, not something, uh, it's not something you're going to buy in minutes to go away for the weekend in. No, a pop-up exactly, job. Exactly, like, they're, yeah. they're not going to put them into little bags and they get soaked to the skin or die of... But still, it's not an ideal situation, is it? It's not an ideal situation, but as you as I as I just said there, if the likes of Michal Martin and all the so-called leaders here stop playing to the European Gallery, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in, because that's what we're doing. We're virtual signaling to the rest of the world, and you have uh, the propaganda media here, like RT and all the rest of them, uh, who are also playing to the European Gallery. Like they're claiming that the war in Ukraine is still as bad as ever. There was, um, as you said there a while ago, there was a senator you were talking about, but there was also a couple of other uh, journalists went over there in the last couple of weeks. And the, most of that Ukraine area, the most of that place where the war was uh, was going on, it's actually back to normal a long time ago, like, you know? Well, I'm not going to doubt there is still a war going on, and there is still regions that are very unsafe. Um, but, I mean, as I said, it's three regions. I mean, Ukraine is a massive country. It's a huge country. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't understand why relocation is not the answer. Now, maybe there's a fear from people, and maybe I'll understand that too, that a family would say, well, I want to get out of here because the country's at war and it could escalate at any moment. But I don't, even the best experts in war in the world, and I'm not an expert at war, have said it's not going to escalate any further than that. Uh, well, the only way it'll escalate, by the way, is with the American involvement and turn into a world war, but that's a whole other issue. Well, you see, the Americans want World War Three because that's the propaganda that's well, Biden make... would just love that right now, I think. Oh, yeah, because Biden is a, Biden is a, Biden is a complete nut job. Like, we, we all know he's a nut job. He's not fit. Listen, a, a, a two-year-old child to do a better job than he would. Absolutely. Okay, let me just go to uh, Bernie if I can. Bernie, hi, how are you? Hi, Niall, how are you? Good. Bernie, um, Bernie is, is a tent good enough or is that inhumane? Well, it, it, at the moment, you'd be delighted to be in a tent because it's so hot in houses. However, it's, it's inhumane. What, like, where are these people going in six weeks' time when the weather turns and we've got the wind and the rain? Like, where, where are they going? They're, we're full. We have nowhere else. Like, there's 10,000 of our own people stuck in hotels and things. Well, well, they, well I'm assuming the government have some sort of plan because they're saying six weeks. We all know it's not going to be six weeks. They're saying six weeks. So the plan, I assume, is to move them into a hotel or accommodation or something from where? there. Like, well, like, I, well, I don't where? know. I don't know where. There's nowhere left. They've used up every building in the country at this stage. Yeah, like, I mean, every, like, you look under a rock now, you know, you find somebody there that wasn't there before. <laughs> Do you know, it's wrong. It's wrong. We have to say stop. We have 11,000, I think, or 12,000 at the last count of our own people awaiting accommodation, housing, social housing. There is people out there with children who have a terrible autism who can't even get to their parents. I heard a story on, on another station the other day of a girl who has a child of 21 years who is autistic and she couldn't get to her mother's funeral because there was no emergency respite for her son to, for her to attend her mother's funeral. Mm-hmm. And they don't care. Like the money we've got, we have our own people who are absolutely at the end of their rope, trying to keep things going. Like we can't keep, we can't even keep our own country going at the minute. No, it's a you know, I mean, they're, I mean, you know, like I mean, it's a disaster. You can, we, none of us. Thank God the, the heat is on this week because we wouldn't be. None of us could really go anywhere. We can't. We can't put petrol or diesel. It's one. It's one eighty now in, in, in the in the garages. We can't go. 
Mm-hmm. Like, surely to God, we have to address the elephant in the room. Get rid of these lads. Like, a lot of people I've spoken to from Ukraine have said that they, they were getting 300 as an industrial wage in their own country per month. And they're getting it here every week. Yeah. No, I know. I understand. And, I mean, I, and, and, and we've, I've heard numerous stories of people who were from Ukraine gone to other countries and then their friends told them, come to Ireland, it's better over here. So... Like when, Spain has a load of coasts, Costa coasts. Why aren't they? You, you know, they've all those apartments along the coast. Many countries in Benador. Europe, yeah, but many countries in Europe have limited the amount of people they're taking in. The same with France; they limited it at a much smaller rate per head of population than we did, and then they capped the numbers. We didn't. We're like some open house here now at the moment, and and the problem, and that wouldn't be an issue, by the way, if we could afford to do it and we had the places for them to say, but we don't. But I mean, the other thing is, there's no sign of any peace process process has been commenced. No. There's no sign of anybody put, putting their hand up. Oh, anybody who even suggests that there should be peace talks is cut down and told you must be a Putin supporter. Anybody I who mean, even I suggests that, which is nuts. Yeah, but there has to be a big... Does nobody see the elephant in the room? What is our government doing? They've let us down. Huge time. Mm. They have failed on all levels to keep their own area safe, our own island safe. We don't know who we have. Like a lot of those people have come in with mental health issues, alcohol issues, you know, different issues that are already impacting on a seriously bad health service in Ireland, a seriously disgraceful health service. And now we've more people coming in with different health issues who need urgent care and we can't provide for our own care. And yet these, these people with new diseases that we haven't even addressed in a long time, we have to find the funding to, 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 you know, find the drugs to treat them, find the GPs, find the consultants to take them on. And this is forever. This, already you're talking about people coming from outside of Europe, obviously, yeah. Yeah, people come, no, well, people coming from, from Ukraine, some of them have health issues, mental, physical, other health issues that we haven't addressed before. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like we have a seriously bad health service that it is. And now we're expected to take more people with more illnesses that we're not prepared for. Like, where does the book stop? There's, there's children waiting, gone into adulthood with permanent spine deformities because they couldn't get the surgery when they needed it. Or children on severe long-term antibiotics because they can't get their tonsils out. Do you know? There's a limit to... There, you know, you're outlining everything that, that you know, the problem is that there's a limit to what we can do. You've a limited amount of resources. Exactly. Yeah, James, by the way, James, do you still yeah. know people in the military who were putting up these tents? Um, that's the reason why I said it was that. What's called, Niall, um, just you mentioned there, what are they going to do in six weeks? Because the tourism season has, is, almost, is pretty much over now, a lot of the hotels that, you know, have put tourists up in June, July and August will be empty now in September, October, November, December. So they will gladly take them again for the three or the six months. The simple fact, now is this. The government are limping along now. You know what I mean? They're, they're pretty much a lame duck government. You know, this time next year, more than likely, it will be Sinn Féin and Fianna Fáil, and God help us, running the country then. Uh, but I'm getting out of here then. They're muddling through now, but the particular minister who's responsible for this, Roderick O'Gorman, this is his baby. And what's going to simply happen with him is, come the next election, there'll be one or two things. He either won't run again, which more than likely he won't. But by some miracle, if he does run again, he will not be returned. And what he'll simply do is say, thanks for the pension, lads. I'm going back to UCD, back to my previous job. There's going to be, for all the, the TDs, the likes of Dara O'Brien or Dara O'Brien, whatever way that the guy pronounces. No, it is, no the there's minister. two of them. So O'Brien is the Minister for Housing and O'Brien is the spokesperson for housing for Sinn Féin. So <laughs> go on. Yeah, well, yeah, no, but, but you know, or, or people like Owen, Carl, o, Owen O'Brien, Minister for Housing, uh, yeah. Minister for Chins. But anyway, um, you know, what's going to simply happen is they're just going to muddle on for the next couple of months. We're going to have another general election. They'll all be gone. 
And, all, and then it's then for the rest of us to deal with all these consequences. Just very quickly, Niall, the situation you keep mentioning about um, where Putin has, has more or less dug in on the east part of that country, their uh, goal was to basically to get a land bridge between Russia down to the Crimea, down to the Donbass region, which they yeah. have. What they will do is they will have peace talks next year, hopefully early next year. And what they'll say is, right, this area considers itself ethnically Russian. We will establish a new land border. We, and then what will also happen then is see, the, the Russian... But everybody, uh, hello, but everybody knows that's going to be eventually the outcome. And that will most likely be the outcome. So why not, why, why not, apart from, you know, a stubbornness, why not just negotiate that outcome now? Because people don't want to accept that, you know, um, that they were wrong to back Ukraine on this. That Ukraine. But, but, right I, I, but, but, but nobody should be backing anybody. I heard Piers Morgan on the ray on the television there a while ago saying, "I'm on uh, Ukraine's side. I'm not on anybody's side because people are dying." Side. I don't. Want, I don't want anybody getting killed, Russian or Ukrainian oil. I don't want anybody getting killed. But R- Russia now, see, Russia now will establish its own Black Sea fleet in Odessa or in not in Odessa. That's where it is now. They'll move it to uh, the Donbass region, and that's what they want. When they do that, they'll be happy. When that that when they basically annex that, they'll they'll move. But this is come back to what I this is what I come back to at this very start of the show when I said you know that Ukraine is a massive country and why we can't or why they can't relocate people within Ukraine to a massive country is beyond me. When they know that, and it's pretty sure, the best intelligence people in the world will tell you at the moment, Russia has no intention of invading the rest of Ukraine. They can't, Niall. They it's don't, not, well, not going to happen. Manpower or the equipment to do it. Okay, well, 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 hang on. Well, hang on. Let me just go to Maliki as well because I'm running out of time rapidly here. Sorry, Maliki. Go ahead. Good afternoon, Niall. Well, firstly, I mean, I don't think that any peace talks will take place this side of November 2024 until Donald Trump is returned to power in, in the US. And then we will actually see some um, peace talks. But the answer to, to our problem in Ireland in relation to this is quite simple. Close the borders. We have far exceeded the capacity we have in this country to house our own people, never mind the hundreds of thousands that they want to now bring in to, to increase the, the population way out of sync with the facilities and anything else that we have in this country. It can't just, and I mean, I see people saying, you know, when we've said that Ireland is full, other people saying, oh, look at all these green fields. You know, <laughs> people are not cattle. You can't just bring them in and tell them to go and eat the grass and stick them in the field and let them wander around. You need to have the infrastructure, you need to have the housing, you need to have the schools, you need to have the hospitals, you need to have a whole system in place to grow a population. That's why populations grow over a period of time. That's why we have censuses every couple of years so that we can project what we need in the coming times. Although in Ireland we don't seem to project. Uh, we, we spend hundreds of thousands and millions on um, consultants to tell us what we should be doing and then we don't do it. But, you know, and I keep coming back to this point that there is something fundamentally wrong in this country in the way it's run. If you look at a very simple thing, like even building a hospital, we just seem totally incapable of doing it. Everything in this country is doom and gloom. We've two days of sun and it's, you know, the world is going to end. We're going to burn up. And everybody knows that the week the kids go back to school, nearly every year the weather picks up. You know, that's a given almost in this country. I've seen somebody send me a screenshot last night in Galway. It was 21 degrees yesterday, right? And they sent me a screenshot of the, you know, the weather app. And on it, it had, with an exclamation mark, life-threatening. And I'm going, what's life-threatening about 21 degrees? 
in Spain last week and it was touching 45 degrees. Now, that's hot. Mm. You know, 21 degrees here is... But, but you'll find that 45 degrees was ground temperature, by the way. That wasn't air temperature. Yeah, oh yeah. And I mean, there's just a different way of... of yeah, calculate. They did it when I was away in Florida. They were saying uh, they had uh, the highest temperature they'd had in twenty years, and it was a hundred. They said it was one hundred and fifteen. Now it wasn't one hundred and fifteen. I was in the car. It was one hundred and one, but it was what they call the feels like temperature, or the ground. Yeah. The ground. I mean, it, and this is all done to create fear. Of course, we have, you know, we have a political class in this country run by an NGO class who are just intent on destroying everything that you know, this country stands for and everything its people believe in. And they're, they're incapable, it's not that they're incapable, they have made a tactical decision to do this. These things are not happening by accident, you know, and we have nonsensical referendums coming, you know, to take women out of the constitution when they won't tell us what a woman is. Things that ordinary people on the streets are not remotely concerned about. What people are concerned about is why their children are being forced to emigrate because they can't find somewhere to live. Well, I think, I think what most people are concerned about right now at this moment in time is how they're going to pay their electricity and gas bill and how they're going to put fuel in well, the car to get to work. Yeah, that, that's and, the and main thing Yeah, and, and there is no concern within the government class or the NGO class about the cost of living. I listened to some woman on, on from... Um, one parent or something this morning on, I think it was on Pat Kenny, and she was talking about they want to do away with universal um, payments like the children's allowance and just give it to those that they decide are poor. And she kept telling us that 170,000 children are living in poverty in this country. And she was asked, well, define poverty. And she couldn't. She had no definition. Well, didn't Bernardo's give a definition of poverty? Bernardo's gave a definition of poverty. Go back about five years ago. I talked about it on the radio. And it was a criteria of five things. Can you have a roast dinner on a Sunday? Um, do you get to or go out to a restaurant or to the pictures at least once a month? Um, do you, can you change your furniture or can you afford to change your furniture within five years? So, and if you clicked, say, three of these, there was like yeah. ten things. And if you clicked three of them, you're in poverty. And now, I mean, they're, they're doing away with the roast dinners now. You're not even allowed to have one of them. You know, but the poverty in this country, by the ESRI and all of these groups, is based on a percentage of the average industrial wage. And the average industrial wage is something like 40, 45,000, I think, currently. So anybody on, I think, 70% of that is in poverty, according to the state's figures. So that's most people. But it doesn't mean you're poor. No, no, it just means that you're not as good as everybody else. But, but okay, we're getting back to the tense because yeah, we got, we got off the subject. I, I, you, you keep saying to me, Malachi, every time I talk to you, James has said to me, everybody is saying to me, there's nobody coming on today, but actually, but Sharon will. Sorry, hold on, wait there, Malachi. Sharon, hi. Hi, hi, Niall, how are you? You believe it's hi. inhumane to put people in tents. Ah, oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, look at that concert during the summer that turned into a hot mess because it was raining. Yeah. Mucky. That was global warming. That was global warming, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. apart from that, and it's going to get cold. So, I mean, our climate is wet, mucky a lot of the time, so it's ridiculous. Yeah, so so what's the the alternative, Sharon? I'll tell you the alternative, Niall. Um, Get a posse of them together to start looking into the ones that that, uh, are living with their boyfriend, claiming they're not living with their boyfriend. Kids buy how many different fathers. Paying, they're paying their rents, exorbitant rents, I might add. 
Well, you know, go and check them all out. And then maybe there might be money to actually build houses. Well, I, 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 I mean, the exorbitant, rent, on, exorbitant rents are being paid because the, the rents have gone up because of the demand. And the demand is accentuated and increased by bringing in up to 200,000 extra people into the country in, in, in two yeah, years. Yeah, well, but Malik, I don't disagree with what Sharon is saying. The amount of people scamming the system. I disagree with that. Yeah, yeah, but, but, that's, but that's not going to solve a problem because the problem here, Sharon, here is not money. Money is not the issue. The problem okay, is there's well no one to build these houses. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, you know, let the people go to somewhere that they can have a better, a better outcome than tents. I mean, you know... Let them go to Western Ukraine what, where there's no wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's, see, that's there's, there's silence to in the ECI conversation. If <laughs> they're scoring brownie points somewhere or something, because you know it makes no sense. Yeah, I I, I would love to talk to somebody. You know, uh, if anybody from the Ukraine wants to come on, or from Ukraine wants to come on and chat to us, yeah, you know, I I I'm really interested to know. Now, I, I to some degree, Maliki and Sharon and James, I do understand that. <laughs> If you're living in a country and you've got two kids and there's a war on, you know, that you might want to get out. But, I mean, sure, we did it here in Ireland. There was a war. not Certainly well, obviously, not, to the, like ex- not to the extent that it was there. But there was a war here. But we didn't leave the Republic of Ireland because Northern Ireland was being bombed to bits. You know what I mean? Like, Marla, it's, it's like saying somebody in Cork left because a bomb went off in Dublin or Belfast. You know, it's nonsense. And we simply do not have... Well, no, it's happen. a lot more than a bomb, Malachy. You know what I mean? In fairness, but it, it there's, ta- there's thousands of people have died on both sides. No, we, we don't know how many have died, and this is one of. No, we don't. It, right. it is incredible. I don't, I don't believe. I don't believe the figures that I'm reading. In this war, and we talked yesterday about children having mobile phones and and um, access to to the internet. There is virtually no mobile phone footage from anywhere in this war. There are no embedded journalists. We watched Kuwait and Iraq live on Sky as it was happening. Yet we have none of that for this war. But the so, official figure is 120,000 people have died so far. Do you believe that figure? Well, I believe that Ukraine are pumping their young people into a meat grinder and are being slaughtered. And that Russia have won this thing a long time ago. But because of NATO and America and the clown that they have, and he actually is a clown because that's what he was before he became president, one of the most corrupt uh, people in politics, and that's saying something, uh, Zelensky and everybody around them are milking this and making a fortune out of it, and they're sending their young people in, just like the, 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 they, we did in the First World War, we send young people into trenches to die. That's exactly what's happening today. You know, they used to call them cannon father years ago, yeah. And I, I, I mean, so look, everybody knows, as James mentioned it already, everybody knows what the end result most likely is going to be to this war. So anybody, but anybody who even suggests that should be negotiated now in some sort of peace talks is considered to be a supporter of Russia. And Ireland as a neutral country should be saying... No, we're not a neutral country. That we, no, but... Well, the, the, the Irish people actually want to be neutral. Yeah, we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're, not, offic- no, we're no, not officially we neutral. Hold on. Our, 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 our political policy, up till we started getting involved in Pesto and all of these other crowds, was that we were neutral. Right? Now, what we should be doing as a neutral state is saying that we will facilitate peace talks and that we would be the honest broker. But we destroyed that because we've come in on the side of, not just of Ukraine, but of the United States under Biden and NATO. 
and we're effectively... Well, no, I mean, no you, you are right. If Biden is keep going to... I mean, he's funding this war now currently at the moment, uh, as are many other countries too. If they keep funding it, it's just going to keep going on and on. And I don't want to see more people die, both from Ukraine or Russia. Young, young men from Russia being sent into war as well. They didn't ask for, the, for that either. Uh, well, listen, I've run out of time, sadly. Sorry, Sharon, I, I took you on for a short amount of time. I do apologise. Thank you, James. Thank you to Maliki as well. Um, I don't think I'm going to find anybody at all who thinks it's a good idea to put people into tents. I'm looking here, by the way. Um, t- uh, Tempo Housing has built the world's first and largest container campus for students. So they built a campus out of a container. Somebody just sent me in a link to it there. There's a picture there, but it looks... Oh, you wouldn't want to live in that. So they're all living in containers. Now, I, I've seen this before, by the way. They do this in Amsterdam or just outside Amsterdam. They did it for homeless people as well. So they basically convert old containers, put them one on top of each other, and they look like flats. And they, have, they all have their own door and stairs up to their own door. And they actually do a nice job of them. But they're still bloody containers, whatever way you look at it. They put windows and doors in them. But they're still containers. Uh, that's not the answer either. The, the, the answer is that we need to provide housing for people. And the answer is that we cannot build enough houses. As I said last year... Uh, Sinn Féin were making all sorts of promises about building 120,000 people if you voted for them in the next election and all that kind of carry on. And everybody laughed. <laughs> Should Labour parties in a million houses? You might as, well say t- might as well say 10 million because you have no chance of building that many houses because we don't have the construction companies, we don't have enough workers to build them and we certainly uh, will never get to that kind of figure of 120,000. And we need 120,000 houses. So we're not going to get them built as it is already in the housing crisis we have. So more people coming into the country and adding to that problem is only going to be an absolute and utter disaster. And who's created that disaster? The people you voted for. The morons that we have voted for who are not listening to anybody. We saw in a recent survey by Red Sea Poll, and we're told to believe Red Sea because Red Sea is the poll that's used when it suits the government. When the government wants to tell you how popular they are, they go, but look, the Red Sea poll said so. Forget about Niall Boylan's poll because that's loaded and biased. But Red Sea is the poll that we should go by. And they said, you know, well, we're popular, so we must be popular. Well, now the Red Sea poll has said that nearly 80% of the Irish people think they're making a bollocks of it because they're taking in too many people and we have way, look, we just don't have the accommodation for it. But they're not listening. They've ignored that completely, and they're continuing to do it. And you have Michal Martin waffling on, saying there's nothing we can do. It's in the legislation, you know, we signed up to Europe, and we can't get out of this. You can, absolutely. I've had the best barristers on the air talking to me about it, and they said, absolutely, you can get out of it. You don't have to keep doing what we're doing at the moment. We cannot provide suitable accommodation for people. And then the other problem. On top of all that, with respect to Ukrainian people, I would like to see them go and get better accommodation somewhere else if that's what they feel they need to do, right? But we don't have it in Ireland. So the other bigger problem we have is people coming into this country with absolutely no, when I say no paperwork, no documentation, no passports, no nothing. There was a shocking story online there recently where a man came who was French, Polynesian, no, not, um, not too sure where he was from. He came from France but he was from uh, somewhere in the African region. He was an asylum seeker. He came into, he had no documentation. He had no passport. He came into Ireland on, let's say, a Wednesday. He was in the courts the other day. You can check it out if you want to. He was only in the country one day and he was standing in somebody's front garden and the woman of the house came out and said, get out of my front garden. And he went for her. He took out a knife. He went to slash her. She put her hand up. He slashed her hand and her face and she's scarred for life. He was brought to court and they asked in court what his name was. The guards said they couldn't be sure. They didn't know his name. He said he worked as a software engineer. 
They couldn't verify that. He said he lived at a certain address. They couldn't verify that. They couldn't verify anything because he had no documentation. In any other logical country in the world, a person arriving with no documentation clearly has an agenda and wants to deceive the authorities. Back on a plane and send them back to where they came from. In this case, it would have been France. Let him be France's problem. He's not our problem. We can't continue to be, our, to be some sort of moral guardians of the world because at this stage, it's getting ridiculous. If you want to text us at any stage during the show, you can. Remember, it's 85 I've been told to go to Adam very quickly just before we finish up today. Adam, hi. Hi, good afternoon, Niall. How are you? Adam, go on. You wanted to come on very quickly before we finish. What, what's the Yeah, problem? I just wanted to kind of say one thing, um, just from really a, a Gen Z point of view of this, because, um, you know, I think from my perspective, I completely welcome, you know, the fact that these people are fleeing from war. And I think the notion of, you know, oh, well, we have to accept that Ukrainians have to give up. Um, no, nobody said Western, that. Eastern, nobody said anybody Eastern, should give up. Uh, I t No, you said to give up the Eastern... Uh, no, I what I said uh, was no, 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 no. Don't misquote me, Adam. What I said was, I'm not an expert on war, but I've spoken to some of the best military experts in the world, right? And they have told me most likely this war will end up in that situation. That's the situation we'll end end up in. So I said, well, why not sort of garner some sort of deal with intermediaries like Ireland, who are meant to be neutral, to get involved, as America did with the Good Friday Agreement, to get involved, to come to an agreement, because I don't want to see people die, Adam, on either side. I, I think that's completely fair enough, but kind of to ask, would we as an Irish nation, say if, if we were invaded... We did! Um, you know, say if, if... Yeah, but say if we had, you know, still had a massive colonial power in Britain beside us. They decided to invade us one day and the, the world said, well, why don't you just give up? We, but that's exactly what happened, way, Adam. They want, but that's what happened with the Good Friday happened. Agreement. Come on. But no, hang on. <laughs> with the Good Friday Agreement, we were told, basically, the IRA were told... Now, you can say what you want about the IRA. They're either freedom fighters or terrorists. I couldn't care less, right? I personally believe yeah. they were terrorists, right? But anyway, the IRA were told, look, put down your weapons. Let's have talks. And the talks basically revolve around the fact, look... Let the British keep the six counties for now. I'm, I'm simplifying this, by the way. Let the British keep the six <laughs> counties for now with an assurance that in the future we will have talks about it and we will put it to the people in the future. And we all agreed to that. So we had to sacrifice something. Now, what I'm saying to you is war is what it is. War never ends unless somebody agrees to something. That's always what happens. So why not, instead of fueling and, f and basically financing a war, which is what America are essentially doing at the moment, financing a war where more people are going to die. And I'm going to be honest with you, Adam, I don't like Zelensky anyway. I don't like Putin. He's clearly a dictator. But I certainly don't like Zelensky either. I don't believe his heart is in the right place. But that's just my opinion. Everyone has their own. But I don't, mm -hmm. want, to see, I don't want to see young men go, and, as Maliki said earlier on, to be cannon fodder at the border. I just don't want to see that happening. I, I can see where you're coming from. But I do... I, look, myself, I've quite a few Ukrainian friends. Um, I've heard their stories of, of, of leaving that country. And, you yeah. know, I think this argument as well of, of going to, to the Western Ukraine is, is it's, it's totally illogical. I mean, yeah, Why is it illogical? Why is I it? mean, there's, there's, still, there's still shelling going on in Eastern Ukraine. I mean, there's still, there's still bombings going off. The Russians have not left the East alone, um, or the, the West alone, excuse me. And... It's, it's, it's a case of, you know, there is no safe point in Ukraine. Uh, there is still multiple shellings going on in Kiev. There's still multiple drone attacks. It's, it's a case of th there, there isn't a safe place in 
the country of Ukraine. Well, then why? You know, well, then why have if if the population of Ukraine is what is it over sixty million people and six million people have left? The, the other fifty four million are still there. They haven't left. So what I'm saying to you is, if it was, and I'm not suggesting, by the way, it isn't bad. It is in, in the areas certainly where people are losing their lives and buildings are being demolished, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, schools and hospitals and everything else, and it's despicable, right? I, I'm not taking that away from it. But clearly, for the other fifty four million, they're willing to sit it out. I'm not suggesting that people should sit it out if they don't want to. And, and by the way, I'm quite happy to help as many people as we possibly can in this country. But there's a limit to what we can yeah. do. I would agree with that. But I also think the fault comes down to, you know, I think this, this logic of, of blaming immigrants or blaming Ukrainians. And I'm, oh, not saying you I'm not blaming them. There might be. Yeah, I'm, not I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not saying you did. Bad government policy is what I blame. Certain, yeah, I think I completely agree. And, you know, that's why for myself, I'll be, you know, I've, I've always been a staunch supporter in the party that hasn't been given a chance. Um, but Who, Sinn Féin? Uh, yes. They're bit, they're, well, they're, well, they're very silent, Adam. Where are they? You know what I mean? Uh, well, well, I would say, well, currently, the, most of the senior shadow ministers of Sinn Féin are in Australia um, doing a tour over there uh, currently. No, I'm, I'm at, well, forget about, I, I know Mary Lou has been in hospital and I accept that for the last couple of months. She, she's been in and out of hospital. Mm-hmm. She, okay. But but over the last year and a half or th- two years, three years, but since the government had been in power now, three and a half, four years, where have Sinn Féin been? They're meant to be an opposition party, but all they're doing is agreeing with the government. I think there are some things that are cross-party agreement. Um, I, you know, I completely agree with the standpoint of, of allowing refugees into this country. I don't think, you know, obviously, as Sinn Féin are a left-wing liberal party, I think it would be stupid for them to go against their voter base, which primarily... Well, they are going against their voter base. A lot of their voter base, by the way, were conservative people. And, Republican, yeah, and Republicans. Sinn Féin have turned I, their I heels. Think, I think, I think, but that's... that's I think that's the Sinn Féin of old, in my opinion. I think, like, obviously, look, I can't... <laughs> but I mean, but you can't, but that's not the way it works, Adam, in politics. For example, you look at America, you've got, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans. The Democrats are liberal, the Republicans are conservative. But that's what they're meant to stand for, because we still have a percentage of the population in this country that are conservative. Well, I completely agree. But and there's no a, one representing as 20, them. As, 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 but as a 24-year-old, there's a, you know... It's nice to see a party that does actually seem to care about the young people. But hold Um, on, can I just say to you, as I respect your view as a 24-year-old, and by the way, you're at the height of maturity, according to scientists, 25 is when the the brain matures ultimately, right? So you're at the height of your maturity and understanding of what's going on in the world. But in saying that, most people are liberal and progressive when they're young. And I don't expect you, and I don't mean this in a patronising manner to you, Adam, because you're a very intelligent young man, but as you get older... You know, when you have children of your own or a family of your own or whatever it is that you seek to do in your life. I mean, your views change. People's views change. And we become, they always say you become more conservative as you get older because you then start to care about younger people. So our views change. So you will want somebody to represent you in 20 or 30 years time when your views may not be quite the same as they are now. Yeah. Um... But I also, as a 24-year-old, want someone who represents my views now, if, if you know what I mean. Uh, and you have I that. Like Fine, Gael, rep- Fine Gael are up there. Ah, okay. they're, they're licking <laughs> the liberals' holes. They're, I swear to God. <laughs> Fine Gael are right uh, up there. Uh, look, I, look I'm, I'm from Dublin West myself. Um, I'm, I'm in uh, Varadkar's constituency, but I would say he's completely out of touch 
with with, with how my is, generation. How is it? How is a a young gay man, which is what he is, out of touch with your young generation? He couldn't be. Sure, he's out in the Phoenix Park with his shirt off, drinking cans of beer, and going to music events. <laughs> he, he loves Kylie Minogue, and he wears funny socks. How is he out of touch with you? Tell me. I think, well, I think defending the landlord class is how he's out of touch with with me. I think, you know, as as a young person who can't afford to move out. Oh, I know. I understand. Um, you know, that. and I'm 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 an, I'm I'm in a I'm in a you know a very a decent job. I'm I'm paid well. Um, in any other European country, on my wage, I would be able to move out of home. Um, but I can't do that in in Ireland, unfortunately. Unless you relocate. Yeah. Yeah. Un- yeah, unless I relocate and look at, you know, New Zealand and Australia are on the cards for myself. And I would hate to do that. I love Ireland, but it's 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 a case of, you know, it's... it's, it's Needs must. No Needs must. Here. Yeah, I get yeah. you. And, and, but, by the way, I said that at the very start of the show. I don't disagree with you. I'm starting to hate this country because it's, it, we're being priced out of our own country. And I completely agree with you, particularly for young people who want, want to set up home. Adam, look, it's been nice talking to you. We could go on and on. And by the way, I'm just looking, going back to our original conversation about Ukraine. I'm looking at a map here. Um, of where the damage has been done in Ukraine. There are massive amounts and parts of Ukraine where there's been no bombings, no damage whatsoever. So what I'm saying to you, I'm not suggesting, by the way, if I had a family and I was living in Ukraine, I'd probably want to get out. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, you know, we, we did have a situation here in Ireland back in the 1970s where there were bombs going off every single day of the week in Northern Ireland. You know, uh, I'm sorry, is he, is he gone? Anyway, sorry, I, I think they... Cut him off there. Right? I do apologise. Anyway, the, the point that I was trying to make is that the people of the South of Ireland still stayed there. Thank you to Adam anyway. Now, sorry, he just wanted to come on just before the end there. We've gone way over time today. Look at the time it is, for God's sake. Anyway, the point I was trying to make was we cannot continue to let people pour into a country that we can't provide accommodation for them. So we need to start shuffling the decks. If we didn't allow people in with no um, documentation or passports, but then we might have more room for people who are genuinely coming from countries where there's a war and can provide us with some sort of documentation. It's getting tiring now at this stage, isn't it? To be honest with you, listening to the government. They're useless. They're all useless. And then on top of that, you have the Green Party running around trying to figure out how they can charge us more taxes. Mind you, they've predicted that the Green Party will be decimated in the next election. I think a lot of them are going to be decimated in the next election. Actually, Adam mentioned that he was in the constituents as Leo Varadka. Leo Varadka barely scraped in in the last election. He might not get in in the next election, but they don't care. Because he served his time and he got a nice pension and a job in Europe. They're self-serving. That's all they are. Please continue to help us support this podcast on a daily basis. Remember, it is Ireland's only daily, fully interactive live podcast. We have Zoom, we have WhatsApp, phones, we have every way of you communicating with us. You have your say. I'm providing you with an opportunity, a very professional opportunity, if I do say so myself. And it's not just me. We have two other people work with me as well. And we're not getting paid. People say, well, what's the other fellow doing, for example? Well, I'm sure if you were on the show, you've had the phone call, so somebody has to ring you. Somebody has to put the calls through. Somebody has to produce the content. Somebody has to provide content as well for the show when we have guests on. I have somebody operating. For example, I don't use my hands, as you can see now. And again, I might touch some buttons here. <laughs> and somebody just does silly things like that. Thank you very much indeed. I've won the millions. So 
All I'm asking is help us out. Help us to continue to provide this platform daily. We couldn't continue to do it for free the way we're doing it now. That would be madness. Because it puts a lot of pressure on me, because as you know, I still work in radio. But I work at this during the day. After we're finished here, we spend time editing, putting it up, uploading it, making clips to put on social media. All of that has to be done. We don't have a team. It's just the three of us. So all I'd say is please help us out. We ask you for the price of a pint of beer. Once a month. That's all it is. The price of an expensive cup of coffee from Starbucks. The best way to do it is go to our website. You can pay yearly or you can pay monthly. It's probably a little bit cheaper to pay yearly. It's a little bit less. Works 66, which is, works out a little bit less. You save a few quid. For that, you can rewatch all of the videos. Now, remember, you can watch the show for free. We will never charge you for watching the show during the day because it's important you interact. That's really important to us. So we, can, we have to provide it for free to you during the day. When the show is finished, we, down, we remove it. We delete it from Twitter. We delete it from Facebook. But you can go to your usual platforms that afternoon and listen to it for absolutely nothing, free of charge. Or you can go to our website and listen to it for nothing. If you want to watch it afterwards, and we've done some great interviews with great guests, and we will continue to do those. And what we are doing very soon is going to be providing exclusive interviews that won't go out live. And we'll be putting them on the website. We've got some amazing interviews lined up in the next few months. So all I'm saying is, help us to continue to provide this platform during the day. And support us. Go to our website, nileboylan.com. That's the website. Register now, and you will be doing me a wonderful favor. I can guarantee you, on my honor, and you know it's good. I've been on radio for a long time. I wouldn't lie to you. I think people have always said the one thing they liked about me on the radio was I was honest. And I like to think you will believe I'm honest. We're not making any money. That's the truth. These things take a lot of time just to even pay for themselves. All of this costs money. This building here, lights, cameras, sound equipment, uploading, the cost, the internet, everything costs money. None of us, three of us, haven't got a bean out of it. Not one single bean. We could have, and we were advised to at the start, take on advertisers. But if I had to have somebody's advertising logo up there or there or whatever or down below me here, we would have been at the behest of advertisers. And they would have been the ones controlling the output on the show. They would have said, oh, no, we can't advertise. You're going to talk about that. Or if you're going to talk, we don't support that. So I don't ever want to be in that situation. That happens in radio. It happens in television. And it happens in media. And understandably, because it has to be paid for. But I don't want to be ever in a situation where I have to answer to somebody. I never want to be in that situation on this podcast. We will never answer to anybody. The only people we answer to is you. You are the only ones we answer to. So please share it with your friends. Tell your friends all about the Nile Boylan podcast. Go to the website. It's the best way of getting all the information you can. It's nileboylan.com. You know how to spell my name. Nile Boylan. It's on the bottom of the screen. nileboylan.com. Go to the website and support it. Just click register. You can sign up for a month. You can cancel it at any time, by the way, if you want to. If you're not happy, you can cancel it. Or you can sign up for a year. Either one. Cheaper to do it by the year if you can afford to do it. If not, just do it by the month. The price of a pint of beer. Can you give me that? Anyway, I'll be back again with you tomorrow at 12. And I'll be even more angry tomorrow. Until then, join us at 12 tomorrow.
the multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.